Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 110 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, sorry, the episode's a day late. Uh, part of me was just kind of lazy, but at the same time, I wanted to wait till um, something happened because, let's be honest, not much has. It's a lot of talk right now about stuff happening, but nothing has officially happened now. What things am I referring to? That's going to be, the, well, at least the first topic and probably the main topic of this episode. I have no clue how, how long this episode is going to go. But the main topic of this episode, Ben Simmons. Now, uh, I'm, I think I recorded an episode literally directly after the 76ers lost to the Hawks in Game 7. And I remember being pretty, like, just shocked. Like, I don't even want to imagine what 76er fans were feeling at the time. But basically, Ben, ben Simmons had a really bad performance. Kind of like in the box score and everywhere else, really. Like, just the inability to, like, score in the half court. The unwillingness to score in the half court was just something that stood out to me. And after that loss, I was, like, saying... I remember saying, like, this is going to be the... His, you know, the lowest his value is ever going to be because this is an amazing player who has has had a number of hiccups up to that point, like in the playoffs, but it's still very good player that the Kings should try and look at. Well, about a few weeks pass uh, and, you know, d- the reports come out that Daryl Morey essentially wants everything if you are going to trade for Ben Simmons. I think one of the packages, I think, from Cleveland was Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, uh, Isaac Okoro, and, like, I think at least three first-round picks, which is, you know, to, to put it lightly, fucking insane. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, what kind of cocaine are you sniffing? And, like, something with the Spurs, something about four first-round picks, like, and all their young guys, which include, like, DeJounte Murray, uh, Derek White. Uh, I think some other, some some other guys too. I don't remember, but Daryl Morey wants a huge package. He wants a Harden s kind of return. Now, if you guys don't remember, I think Harden went for essentially four draft picks. I think which includes pick swap. So, and uh, I, I don't remember what specifically they. Well, basically, well, it was a weird three team trade. So I don't remember the exact specifics, but four first round picks was kind of like. Uh, the crux of the core of that package and yeah I I don't think he's gonna I don't think Ben Simmons is gonna go for that because like just look just think about it like as I mentioned in in game seven and like meant and like all the way back to game six game five and game four there were so many moments where Ben Simmons just crapped the bed not that he was like missing in the fourth quarter or was or was making bad plays was just not even attempting to make plays like there is a mental block with this guy the just the incredible like uh, i don't even want to call it ability but the, the the way he played to not matter at all in four games in the fourth quarter and it, it was a huge factor in why the 76ers lost to what was really you know a cute team in the hawks like they had they had no business you know like hanging with the 76ers and yeah it basically like we just we watched that guy everyone watched that guy collapse in the playoffs and contribute in a big manner not saying he is the main not saying he's the reason 
like he's like the only guy to blame for that loss. Like Joel Embiid, like and his knee, and you know, Tobias Harris, despite being paid thirty six million, not being worth thirty six million. Like you know, but he was the key reason why they lost that series, and we all watched that. And you know, cons- you know, despite the fact that again he is still a very good player, a transformative. Defend defender, you know, a, a very good playmaker. Despite what KC wants to say on on D'Lo and KC, and uh, you know, a great playmaker, and you know, he can score. Like you know, in the regular season, what, because he is six six ten, six eleven, and can simply overwhelm guys with his size and ball handling ability and speed. He can score. It's just that when you get to the playoffs, it gets a little tricky when teams can scheme for him specifically. But point is, he's a very good player. But he has a he has unfortunately a very you know glaring red flag red flag on him. He just the the inability to affect the game in the fourth quarter of a of a playoff game. So, well, why do I bring up Ben Simmons? Well, Ben Ben Simmons has been a target of the Kings. It's been reported, and you know, like I'm I'm actually I'm actually another one of I'm in the camp of training for Ben Simmons because. Like the Kings need a guy like Ben Simmons to kind of to, like you know the Kings had what the set the worst one of the worst defenses of all time last year, and just adding Ben Simmons in a position of need, mind you, we, the Kings do not really have a four right now. I mean, if you want to put Barnes at the four, fine, but he's he's a small ball four, and you don't want to wear him out. Like Ben Simmons is six is again six ten six eleven. And can play, you know, the four or the five. Honestly, like he can probably play some five if like Sean doesn't have it going. But, yeah, he he fulfills a position of need and is one of the best defenders in the league. Like, you know, Rudy Gobert probably is the overall better defender, but the versatility of Ben Simmons to be able to, you know, be a one-man wrecking crew on the defensive end as a team defender. Like the Kings need a guy like that, and I think if you can somehow get Ben Simmons without trading too much away. Like I'm like write them in for the six seed, like literally because despite again just completely crapping the bed in the playoffs, he is a very good player, especially in the regular season. And you know if you want to say like well what what happens when the Kings get to the playoffs? Let's worry about that down the line. Let's get to the playoffs first. We've been missing the playoffs for 15 straight years, and I do not want us to miss another playoffs in the first 16 straight years to actually break the record, man. So, uh, the so I bring up the fact that you know as long as you don't have to give up too much to get Ben Simmons, I just said Ben Simmons is a very good player and the Kings should definitely target him, only if the price is right. So the basically the report that came out actually just a few hours ago, Sam Amick basically said uh, the Kings are not willing to include Fox or Halliburton and. Unfortunately, right now the negotiations have completely come to a halt because Daryl Morey wants Fox and Halliburton, and or Halliburton, and yeah, those guys are not going to be on the table. And when I first heard that, I'm like, good. I'm not willing. I'm not willing to give up Halliburton for Ben Simmons just because, or or Fox for that matter, like especially Fox, because you want you want to add. Of Ben Simmons to the core of this team, and not have to give up another like piece to get him. Because again, I think his value is basically at that point where he is not worth a core piece of the Kings. 
in Halliburton. Hell, like, you would even have to talk me. You can talk me into it, but it'd be a challenge. You'd be fighting uphill battle, but I wouldn't even include Davion in a trade package for him. Like, it is, is how I view him. He's a very good player, again, but, again, with very, very glaring issues. And as transformative as, transformative as he is, I don't think he is going to be a, a one-man culture changer. I definitely, I definitely don't think he's going to be a culture changer. But, you know, that that's kind of the price point that we're, I'm, where I'm willing to go or not willing to go. I'm like Davion, like I'm very kind of 70-30 for, for trading Davion for Ben Simmons, like is where I'm at. Like Halliburton's untouchable, Fox is untouchable. And I, I think uh, Monty, McNa- Monty McNair, if if that if this report is true, he's got he's got the he's in the right frame of mind because as good as Ben Simmons is, he is not worth Fox or Halliburton. Now the package, of course, that has been brought up, and I would be shocked if this actually went through. But this is probably the max I'm willing to pay for Ben Simmons, Buddy Hield, Marvin Bagley, and three and three first round picks, and one of them is a pick swap. Like that's probably the highest I'm willing to go. Like you can maybe add a sweetener in there with Tristan Thompson and uh, you know maybe another guy in there, but I'm not willing to go more than that because that's where I feel like Ben Simmons' value is at. And you know, Daryl Morey can ask for what he for, ask what he wants to ask for, but the matter of the fact is, if no one if no one's gonna beat this offer, like. That's what he's gonna have to settle for, and chances are, like, there's probably gonna be a team that you know um, that does manage to beat this offer. Um, like Minnesota is willing to um, include D'Angelo Russell. Like, honestly, I think that's a better package than what you're getting here. And you know, but if Minnesota is not willing to actually part ways, like, if they're gonna come up with a package that's just maybe well, that's not as like competitive as the Kings, like. They might. They, I mean, like, 76ers just have to take the Kings' offer, like, unless, like, maybe, uh, what's it called? Oh, the Golden State Warriors want to get involved. The Spurs want to get involved. Although I've heard, although the report does say, like, the talks have stalled there as well. Um, yeah. Um, that's kind of where I'm. I stand at with Ben Simmons. I just don't think he's really worth what. <laughs> yeah. Again, a very good player. And just the, but just the guy I'm not willing to pay too much for it. You know, in terms of, do I think he will actually get to the, like, do the Kings actually manage to get him? Maybe. I, I would say maybe 30, 70 right now in terms of like, just because like, as, as I mentioned, if, if the package is really going to be Buddy and Marvin and three first round picks, like that's, that's a pretty weak return for, for the 76ers. But like that legitimately might be the price. That might be the package that the best package that Daryl Morey is going to get. Although I will say, if I was to actually put money on which team he ends up on, like I would say he, I would say he would end up on the Bulls. The reason, the, really, the only reason why I say that is because I mean Zach Levine like can fit <laughs> fit into the 76ers really well, and Ben Simmons theoretically can fit on the Bulls really well. And also, things have gone oddly quiet on that end. I've heard the other teams like Minnesota, Sac, you know, uh, Sacramento, San Antonio. 
And uh, I forgot, there might be another team there too. I don't think New York would be in this. Um, but, like, that's kind of where... That's, it's getting awfully quiet there. And, uh, they, I mean, they got a lot of offensive guys, but, you know, you do need some defense. Like, I, I did say in the beginning, of the like, I think at the, at the start of the finals that defense doesn't matter anymore. It does still matter, like, quite a bit. Although I will say, offense rules the day, but... You know, you need a little bit of defense if you're the Bulls. Like, that's a lot of offensive players that may or may not fit well together. But, like, they need somebody out there to play defense. Like, Patrick Williams just can't be your only guy playing defense. Although they do have Lonzo and Alice Caruso. Maybe they can find a way to make that work. But, yeah, as it stands now, like, I really hope that the Kings can get Ben Simmons. I do think he's a game changer if you can still keep the core, most of the core intact and you get Ben Simmons. But if the price is going to be Fox or Halliburton, I'm not interested. And Davion, you would have to talk me into it. Well, uh, moving on to the next uh, part of this podcast, which is what what this podcast was originally going to be. Um, I was just going to talk a little bit about the Vegas odds and kind of how many wins I think the Kings are going to end up with this season, or just somewhat of an estimate at least. So uh, Vegas is over-under, uh, has the Kings uh, over-under at 34.5 wins. Now, if you guys don't know much about over-under, it basically just means they are betting that the Kings win about 34 and a half games. I don't know how they win a half game, but let's just play along with it. So if you want to bet the over, which basically means you think the Kings are going to win more than 34 games, 34 and a half games. If you bet the under, it means you think that the Kings are going to uh, win less than 34 and a half games. I'm, of course, going to be taking the over on that because... Well, for the love of God, it's going to be 16 years if we don't make it this year. I am betting on them to, well, not actually going to bet because I don't gamble. So, um, I'm going to bet that they're going to get into the playoffs this year. Like, with the addition of Davion and, you know, like, most of that second, ha- second half Kings from last year, like, coming back, with the exception of DeLon, like... I think the Kings are poised, poised to at least be a little better. And if they are, if they just remain relatively healthy, I think they got a good squad going into it. And if this is the squad that we have, it's honestly not as bad as it's not that bad. It's not a bad squad by any means. Like, um, I will say, however, like in terms of like the mocked uh, standings, like most places I've seen have like Kings around like ten or twelve. And one thing I kind of noticed is that, for whatever reason, like, the, the Grizzlies are above the Kings. Now, I am i don't know if this is, like, a controversial opinion, but, like, I think the Grizzlies are going to drop off a little bit this year just because they traded away Valanchunas, and uh, who else did they trade away? Like, but, uh, yeah, Justice Winslow, although he didn't do anything last year, but my, my, the thing with them is that I think Valanchunas is really important to that team. And by trading him away for Steven Adams, basically, I think they took a step back. Is kind of how I look at it. And, you know, they, they end up adding, like, a bunch of the young guys. Like, I think they got Jer Culver and another guy. but And then Zaire Williams. Like, the, the misconception with young players is, like, a lot of people... There, there's definitely a school of thought, I feel, that 
think that oh you add a young player he could do this for them he could do that for them and yes he, he can do it in stretch in like spurts but for the most part young players are usually bad and don't help you win they'll have flashes but they ultimately don't help you win as good as Lamelo Ball was last year, he really wasn't a winning player. They were actually, I think, like right up, right at 500 or above 500 when uh, during that stretch he was out. And really, really where the wheels kind of fell off was when Gordon Hayward went out. But and like the the idea of that, the idea I'm trying to say is that most rookies and young guys don't help you win. Like there's no telling. Like is is Jared Culver good? Well, if you're looking at the history of it. Like of his last two years, he is I think last two or three years he's not been good. Although some for wings, like it takes it takes a few years for them to figure out. And hell, he might figure it out in Memphis, for all we know. And they have a lot of like rookies that are also turning into their second year. And also, let's not forget they lost Grayson Allen too. And as much as I don't like Grayson Allen, I I can't like you can't deny the fact that he's he's a good player. He's a rotation. He's an NBA rotational player who who knows how to play basketball and can contribute to winning. Like losing him as well, like that's actually kind of a blow too. And I think they're going to take a pretty, I think they're going to take a step back unless like Ja and um, Jaron Jackson Jr. take a huge step forward. And yeah, I just, I think they're going to actually be, I think, I mean, if like I can see a universe where they're, be- they're, you know, farther down than the Kings and like New Orleans, I don't know what the hell to think of them. Uh, I think they were like consistently ranked above them too, above the Kings too. Like Zion is in all conquering force, okay? Like there's no denying that. And Brandon Ingram is a good ball player. Those two don't really fit together all that well. And then they lost Lonzo, and they oh, who else did they lose? Oh, I can't. Uh, just off the top of my head, it's hard to remember. But like Lonzo was a good player, and it's kind of odd that they did not keep him and decided to go with Devontae Graham because, like everything you sit, you think Devontae Graham can theoretically be good at, like. Lonzo is probably better at that. Like, like Devontae Graham's a, a good shooter, but so is Lonzo. And then, you know, you, you might say that Devontae Graham might be a better pick and roll player. It, I mean, he's not a good finisher, and I you might as well have kept like in every scenario. I felt like they just should have just kept Lonzo. And Zion likes Lonzo, so like that that should have been like that should have been grounds to re-sign him at any costs. Like, it's like they're gonna try and keep Zion and. If this doesn't work out, oh boy, they, they might be moving that team out of New Orleans soon. Nope. Uh, sorry for going on a tangent there, but my the so let, let's kind of go over what last year's standings were. So now the seventh seed with 42 wins is the Lakers. Now uh, I'm gonna act, so the, the, this is a uh, four, 71 ga- 72 games uh, season. So some of the numbers you need to convert it to an 82 game season, which is what we're gonna have uh, this upcoming year. So the Lakers had 42 wins last year. That would be 48 wins in a normal season. Grizzlies with 38 wins, uh, but in a normal season that would be 43 wins. Now they're they're the eight seed because they won the play in tournament. The actual eighth seed in terms of wins was the Warriors at 39 with 44 wins, or no, with 39 wins, which will equate to 44 wins in a regular in a regular 82 game season. But they lost the play in, so that's why they're in the ninth seed. The 10th seed was the Spurs with 33 wins, which would be 38 wins in a normal season. So 
if I were if I were to bet, I would say the Kings land at around thirty nine to forty two wins. Uh, or actually, in this case, it would be forty four. It would be forty three to forty eight wins. I know that's a huge ask, and honestly, that is pretty crazy ambitious. But like, I think that's where they would have to finish in order to make the playoffs. Like, I I'm not the like I I'm not a guy that counts the uh, ninth and the tenth seed as play as playoff spots because they're they're the play in spots. Like in order for the uh, Kings to make the playoffs and for me to take them se- seriously, they would have to be, you know, in the forty four win range, which which would put them at the eighth seed, like the actual legit eighth seed, and they would have to win the playing tournament, of course. So, yeah, the way I'm seeing it, like they would have to win so like in a in a 72 game season they would have to win around 40 39 to, to 40 uh games and in a regular 82 game season they would have to win about 43 to 40 or 45 wins then 8c would have been 44 wins last year so yeah that's where i'm gonna pick them at and because it kind of like related to this like if the kings make the playoffs i assume davion mitchell is going to have a huge impact on it and if they do make the playoffs i think i think he would have my vote for uh, rookie of the year i don't know if he will win it just because to be honest the national media doesn't pay attention to the kings and but i mean like if the kings make the playoffs that's a big that's a big news story because they haven't made in the last 15 years so it's a big deal um and like and may hell maybe like De'Aaron Fox like should <laughs> get some MVP buzz and Halliburton deserves some maybe most improved player buzz but like I like in order for them to make the playoffs like they're gonna have to go over their their over under at thirty four and a half wins and they're gonna have to actually get just about ten more wins than that which is a tall task but like the Kings have shown resiliency in the past and adding to or Adding Davion, a guy with you know the right competitive spirit, an actual I think culture changer. Although to be fair, his rookie year might be a little shoddy, but he is actually older than older than most rookies. So like he might have some like say in the locker room, and you know like maybe able to apply his leadership skills and to kind of lead the team and kind of boost their spirit. Like I think with a with a certain amount of culture change that he that he can bring. Like in term, and also like on the defensive end, like the Kings were like the worst defense of all time last year, and somehow almost made the play. So like you kind of play some, play some of the percentages. Like you get decent, you don't get a lot, you don't get a lot of injuries. You get you get good health throughout the year, and maybe help. And you know I'm not rooting for this by any means, but like if another team like within that range, like somebody kind of gets injured. Like maybe the maybe the Kings can take advantage of that and kind of slip in and kind of secure a spot. Like you never know with injuries, and you know, we, we, of course, like we at Sackings Therapy, me and Vong never uh, root for injuries, and most people don't. But that's the reality of the situation. Like there's a lot of like random variables that can affect the season, and hopefully this year, this upcoming year, can go the Kings' way a little bit more. Like you know. I think it, I think it's it's almost time for them to, you know, 
for them to finally move in the right direction. Like last year was such a just roller coaster ride of like the some of the best basketball that I've, I've seen in a while and some of the worst basketball I've ever seen. So here's the kind of hoping that next year will be a little different. Okay, and to kind of close out this episode, uh, a little bit of a change because I've decided to kind of, I guess, make a little change in my habits as well. I finally started to watch some TV shows. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I know I'm very late to the party, but uh, I did I did watch some Game of Thrones. Finally started to decide to watch it. And the reason why was because I got HBO Max to watch, uh, what was it, The Suicide Squad, which was a good movie. I'll, I'll get into it a little later. Uh, but started watching Game of Thrones. Um, so far, it's it's been pretty good. Like, you know, one thing about, like, TV shows for just, I guess just because I haven't watched it for so long. Like, I'm, for some reason, I'm always, like, surprised when things kind of get rated R. In a way, because, like, you know, uh, normally, like, I'm not, like, back when I used to watch TV, which was, oh, man, back in the days when I was a teenager, like, early teenager. So, like, I didn't really watch any adult shows. I think I think I had FX, but I don't even know if, like, that, like, counts as adult. Like, I did not watch a lot of TV mature shows, like, to put it that way. So I, I'm just surprised that there's like just nudity and honestly the immense amount of <laughs> incest there is there is uh, in uh, so far. I've only watched three episodes so far, and all of them have been very like good. Definitely keep keep me keeps me hooked. Like I'm I'm just not used to watching TV shows. Like I'm watching it while I'm on the bike, like um, most of the time now. Like that, and sometimes like right before I'm about to go to sleep. Uh, so it's not like I've been like you know binging this. I'm still not like willing to binge TV shows because I don't want to sit down for that long. Um, but yeah, so far like it's been really good. It's been really intriguing. It does take it does start like uh, I guess kind of slow. Like that opening scene, of course. Like you know, sorry for spoilers, but like I mean, it's been out for how many years now? But like you know, the opening scene is like a guy getting his head cut off. Like that that's in like. That's intriguing, but like, you know, there's a lot of dialogue. It takes a little while to get into it, but like once you kind of start once I started to kind of like get introduced to the characters, like it gets it gets more and more intriguing. But again, just again, just some for some reason not used to like the violence. I'll never be too used to like I don't even know how to explain it. For some reason, when there's like ultra violence, when there's like just stabbings and cuts, and of course a guy getting getting his goddamn head chopped off, like it always surprises me, and I'm just not used to that. Maybe it's, it literally has just been that long since I've like legitimately watched a TV show. And again, the weird incestuous—so much weird incestuous energy. Like, you know, of course, like Cersei and his brother, like you know, fucking in the tower, and then uh, what was it? The, the one with Daenerys, where his her brother just like with her brother, like kind of like caressing her, and like. Like saying she's got a woman's body now, like that's just weird. Ugh. Yeah, this is not 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 the biggest fan of the incest, but I, I get I get the kind of storytelling element it has to it. Um, yeah, um, so far so good. I've really enjoyed Game of Thrones, and yeah, I'm gonna keep watching it. Not really liking the HBO Max. Uh, really liking the HBO Max. Uh, 
membership right now. I'm definitely going to watch more movies along the way. Like, freaking Morty's there. It was another movie that I wanted to watch. I forgot. I can't. I'm blanking out right now. But, um, yeah. So, the reason why I got HBO Max in the first place was I wanted to watch The Suicide Squad. I just, you know, just here, seeing a lot of commercials for it, hearing people talk about it. Wanted to go check it out for myself. And, I mean, I, I really like it. Um, again, it's the same thing. It's just surprisingly violent. Like, as a guy who, you know, one of the only movie series that I really watched was, you know, Marvel. Like, Marvel superheroes. Like, that's rated PG-13, I believe. And, like, you know, there's not that ultra-violence. It's a superhero movie. Like, you know, you, you know, they do cool shit. They punch. They, Thor has this cool little hammer that he throws around. But with DC, with the Suicide Squad, there was, you know, a lot of gore. There's a lot of like, you know, I think there was a beheading. I don't even remember. It, it's sorry, I'm blanking out in terms of the scenes, but like, yeah, it was a you know nice, funny movie, like with some quirks in it. Like Harley Quinn was really good. Uh, was her name Mar Margot Robbie? Like, really like her. Um, really loved John Cena. I loved Idris Elba in it. Um, yeah, and I mean, the guy who I really want to talk about, you know, me being a WWE fan, me being a wrestling fan. I love John Cena in that movie. Like, and of course, this is gonna head into spoiler territory. I'll I'll put timestamps in, so you know, if you got if you don't want to listen to this, it's gonna it's gonna have a bit of spoilers. But, um, like the what I really like, what this movie like really made me kind of wonder about John Cena. Like, they never turn this guy heel, and he's such a great heel. Like, of course the. the his character is called the Peacekeeper, and the Peacekeeper will keep the peace at all costs. And that includes doing morally questionable shit, like you know, basically killing anyone who knows about the secrets of the star. Was it the starfish? I don't. Even, I forgot his name already. God damn it! Like basically to wipe out all in order to keep the peace, he had to wipe out all evidence of the U.S. involvement in, in the starfish project. And he was willing to go to crazy lengths. He even ends up killing a character and just about kills a was a rat catcher. And he's just so he's just so amazing. Like for him to play that character so perfectly as this, you know, morally questionable guy who whose ultimate um, objective is to keep the peace around the world at all costs. Like it, it's just so good. And yeah, like it just makes me wonder why they never turn this man heel. He would, have been, he would have been great. And, you know, there there were talks like he was supposed to turn heel against The Rock. Like, that would have been nice. Although I have heard he was supposed to turn heel against Edge in 06 during Unforgiven. And uh, that didn't happen. And The Rock one didn't happen. It's just, he's so, he's great. He's a great actor. And, you know, in WWE, he's a great, like, he, he is one of the all-time greats. Like, despite he, not reaching the heights of Rock and Austin, he's on my route much. Jesus Christ, cannot talk anymore. Mount Rushmore of wrestling. And it, he would be even higher up there if, you know, they turned him heel. Like, look look at what's happened to Roman Reigns. Once he got rid of that stupid bullshit babyface character where, honestly, you're a bit of an asshole and people are just supposed to cheer for you, but, like, they don't want to cheer for you because, you know, you're an asshole who's not funny, not charismatic, and just not very likable. So why not turn that character heel in one way or another? Like, 
it's just such a shame we never really got to experience heel Cena. I know early in his career he was heel, but like I'm talking about Cena when he turned into the main guy. Like just never, um, never turning him heel. It's just such a like just such a missed opportunity. And you know, at this point, it doesn't make any sense for him to turn heel anymore. So yeah, just a real shame. Great in uh, great in Suicide Squad and. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie, and I'll definitely be continue watching the movie. I'll co- come continue watching using my HBO Max and check out other movies. I'm like, I'm probably gonna watch the uh, original Suicide Squad as well. Like, maybe get back into the game. Maybe I'll become a binge watcher at some point too. So, okay, well, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you guys like just the kind of change of pace, if you will, uh, or. Just uh, you know, so, just something to change the pace up a little bit. Like, hopefully you guys do like it. And if this is well received, like maybe I'll do more like talking about just shows that I've watched because I'm gonna be doing a lot of that. Uh, because guess what? I'm paying fifteen dollars a month for this now, so I I have to watch stuff. So <laughs> yeah, um, thank you for listening to the epi- this episode. Um, here's the hoping that you know something happens. Like. If this is the team that goes into training camp, I'm going to be a teeny bit disappointed because, you know, I was really hoping for like a big change. Like, you know, again, a Ben Simmons would be amazing. But if that, you know, I keep harping on this. If had that Kuzma and Kuzma and uh, Harold Trey went through, I would have been so much more excited. But as it is, as it stands right now, like this is probably the team we're going to go into training camp with, and we'll see what happens like as things go. Like maybe there is a Ben Simmons move. Maybe Daryl Morey does change his mind and hope and just realizes, yeah, I'm asking for a little too much, but we shall see. These are kind of the dog days of the summer, although it will not last for very long because it, it really just kept like came out and like, I, I guess not come out of nowhere, but like, it's just, it feels like basketball has not, the summer hasn't been that long is what I'm saying. And like training camps already around the corner corner just crazy so even if nothing else happens we will have basketball back soon like by next month like so i'm really excited and uh yeah thank you for listening to this and yeah here's hoping maybe something happens 